The Chris Hahn Show. Everyone and welcome. This is the Chris Hahn Show. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. The truth is on the air and truthfully tonight, America. You know, I wanted to come here tonight and have a long policy discussion with you about uh, the uh, Republican health care plan that uh, failed to even go to the vote in the Senate. I read the bill. I read the CBO report. I can honestly say it's it's horrible and horrifying if you are a person of middle or lower income in this country, uh, if you rely on Medicaid, if you're hoping that Medicare will be there for you in the future, if you're old, if you're sick, if you're poor, if you ever think you might get sick, uh, if you have health insurance through work and you kind of like the coverage you have, everything about this bill should scare you. I wanted to have that debate tonight with you, America. But of course, we have a president who's a maniac. He's a total maniac and an utter disgrace to the office. And yet again today, he tweeted about a woman's looks. And he tweeted how a woman was bleeding, this time out of her face, I guess. Um, we all remember how during the, uh, during the primaries, he would say that Megyn Kelly was bleeding out of her eyes and bleeding out of her well, wherever. I don't know if you remember that one. Uh, this president loves to discuss how women appear. And today he discussed Minka Brzezinski, who is the host, the co-host of Morning Joe, a show I watch. And I'm pretty sure the president watches every single day. Uh, And his tweet was utterly ridiculous. And he's the president of the United States. Now I've been, I've been on Twitter all day and I've been talking to people on Twitter all day. Some who agree with me, some who don't. Uh, What people who don't agree with me don't get is that, yes, the president is entitled to free speech, but he's the president and he speaks for all of us. He speaks for me. He speaks for you. He speaks for the nation. He is our representative to the rest of the planet. And he is behaving like he's a high school kid whose ego is more important to him than anything else. And I got to tell you something that should scare you to your core, whether you support him or not, whether you're a conservative or a liberal, a president who represents you to the rest of the world, who is more concerned about his own fragile ego, America, fragile, fragile ego than anything else in this world. That is a recipe for disaster. Forget about how insulting it was to women to see this tweet today. I wake up today. I see this tweet today. Had a great night last night, U2 concert. I'll talk about that later. But I'm burnt. I'm exhausted. I wanted to talk policy. Have a nice, calm policy discussion, America. But how can we talk policy when there's a maniac in the White House? You tell me. 631-451-1039 is my number if you want to get in on the national conversation. 631-451-1039. I am Chris Hahn, and I am live tonight taking your calls, whether you agree with me, whether you disagree with me. 631-451-1039. Tell me why I'm wrong. What am I missing, Trump voter, Trump supporter? What am I missing about this? I, I, don't, I don't think that this is acceptable on any level. I didn't think it was acceptable when he did it during the campaign. 
And I think it's even less acceptable now that he sits in the most powerful chair in the world. I don't want somebody representing me behaving like that. And I didn't think that people on the right wanted somebody behaving like that. Christian conservatives, people who believe in family values, talking about how somebody had a facelift and was bleeding and she didn't look good, so I didn't want to deal with her. Unbelievable, America. Unbelievable. This is a man who we should have expected this from, and we've always said that this would crash his numbers, but for some reason, it doesn't. Of course, he's hovering in like the low 30s, which for a president at this, this early in his term is remarkable. But frankly, he was in the low 30s during the whole campaign. People never approved of the guy. They wanted to see him go to work and see if he could get something done. But I'll tell you this, in addition to being crass, he's gotten nothing done. Where's that wonderful health care plan we were promised? Clearly, after Republican senators left the White House, they realized that this president hadn't even read the bill. He didn't know what was in the bill. He's talking about all the great things that are going to happen if you pass this Republican health care plan. He never read the bill. He had no grasp of what was in the bill. I have a better grasp than what's in the bill, and I don't get a vote. Because I read it. Because I feel responsible to you, America, to my listeners, to people who watch me on television. I feel responsible to you that I have to know what I'm talking about when I talk to you. He's the president of the United States. Shouldn't he bear the same responsibility? Shouldn't he? 631-451-1039 is my number. 631-451-1039 if you want to get in on the national conversation. You can also tweet at me, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. I got a good show tonight. A little later on, I got Ellis Hennigan joining me live. Uh, and uh, I'm going to talk about that. You could, uh, and uh, later, uh, you know, we'll be taking your calls, taking your calls now, 631-451-1039. Saturday night, 9 o'clock hour, I'll be on Fox News with Judge Janine Pirro, probably talking about this. You know, why are, why are liberals so upset about this? Why are they so outraged? I just spent the whole, like, month talking about how uh, it's not progressives that are, you know, stoking violence in this country after the Steve Scalise shooting uh, at the congressional baseball practice. I spent the whole month talking about that uh, with conservatives and conservative media. They were blaming mainstream progressives for that. Don't you think the president is amping up the debate in this country, making it more violent, more hostile every single day? You know, the first lady who I usually don't bring into these conversations because I, for one, you know, don't hold the sins of the husband against the wife, especially this man who has really treated every wife he's ever had horribly. And I'm sure at some point he will do the same one, same to this one. But, you know, she said her campaign was going to be to ease bullying in this country, cyberbullying particularly. And here it is. You don't think this is cyberbullying? You don't think that this is a form of cyberbullying going on right now? Oh, the president's just fighting back. Fighting back by insulting a woman's appearance? You want to disagree with something Minka Brzezinski says on the air or Joe Scarborough says on the air or anybody else for that matter, an opinion they make about your administration? You want to combat that, preferably with facts, Mr. President, which you never seem to do? You're, you're perfectly allowed to do that. I, you get no qualm from me. Push back all you want. That's life. 
People put themselves out in the public, push back on me. They put themselves out in the public. They have an opinion. You should express your opinion back. But when you go down the road to make it so intensely personal, there's something wrong. There's something deeply wrong with that. And there's something wrong with us if we accept that as a country. I heard tons of Republicans today uh, question this president and his, his tw- use of Twitter, including the Speaker of the House. But I don't see any of them doing anything about it. I mean, I think that if I did this kind of action on Twitter, I would be banned from Twitter. Because people would complain about it and I would get banned. People get banned from Twitter all the time. So, you know, I don't think they're going to ban the president of the United States from Twitter. I think that would be too controversial and they would probably lose millions of subscribers to Twitter. But, or members, because I guess you don't really have to subscribe to Twitter. But I think it's kind of, I think it's just kind of disgusting. I think it's disgusting. And, you know, for those of you saying, well, it's disgusting, but at least he cares about the country. Wake up. He's got nothing done. And if it came between the country and his fragile ego, what do you think he's going to choose? He's not choosing the country, America. He's choosing himself. He always has, and he always will. I'm from New York. I've watched this man my whole life. That's what he does. He chooses Donald Trump over everyone else. He chose Donald Trump over his wives and his children, including Ivanka. He's choose Donald Trump over the city of Atlantic City, over the city of New York, over his creditors, over the people who works for him. What makes you think he's going to choose you over him if it ever came to that? And trust me, it's coming to that. It's coming to that every single day. Every single day that he just decides to use the bully pulpit he has as president of the United States to speak out against somebody who who maybe said something bad about the president. Like, I don't know, Mr. President. You remember the former president who you used to say wasn't an American? Remember that? Whatever happened to the guys you sent to Hawaii to search things down? Oh, you took that all back during the campaign because it was bull. So you're concerned that people might be saying things to you about you in the media? You're concerned about that? You have spent your entire adult life using the media to attack your enemies. Your entire adult life, including now. So the fact that people are pushing back and giving an opinion on you and you get so bent out of shape about it really, really begs the question of what is wrong with you, sir? At long last, what is wrong with you? Do they hear that when I bang on the thing, Mike? They don't, they don't hear that? I'm banging on the desk. I forget I'm on the radio sometimes. I think I'm on TV and I'm banging on the desk. 631-451-1039 is the number. I am live and I am taking your call. 631-451-1039. And I promise, Mike, I promise, I am not going to bite people's heads off tonight. We say that now. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> look, I'm tired. I had a long night last night. I was at Gi- I met MetLife Stadium watching you two. Yeah. I'm going to talk about that concert later. It was a okay. lot of fun. But I think right now i got to stay on message here. It's always this. i got to stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the stay course. course. Get some people involved with this conversation because I don't understand. I just don't understand you if you are still with this guy. 
You've got to be wavering. I got a lot of people calling to the show supporting Donald Trump week after week. And I just don't, I just don't understand how you're still there. I just don't. It, it's mind boggling to me. When the guy gets nothing done, nothing accomplished for nobody, right? Nothing's going right. All of the promises he's made are bull. Gets nothing accomplished and behaves so badly that our image around the world is suffering. Do you remember the eight years we just went through where Republicans were saying, we're weak on the world stage, we're weak on the world stage? Well, you know what? That was bull, but it is starting to be true now. Our allies don't know what to expect from us because this president likes to keep people guessing like he did yesterday. He said, ooh, I'm going to have a wonderful announcement on health care soon. Okay. What are you waiting for, Mr. President? Mitch McConnell on this whole health care thing said, Mr. President, if we don't get this passed this week, we're going to have to go talk to the Democrats. Well, why don't you talk to the Democrats now? Democrats had 12 hearings and accepted over 150 Republican amendments to Obamacare. You were trying to do it in the dead of night without anybody looking at it. And then the president gets so mad at a Republican who decided to come out against the bill. Because by the way, it's a horrible bill. He runs ads against Dean Heller in Nevada, probably the most vulnerable Republican in the Senate up in 2018. And Donald Trump ran attack ads against Dean Heller. That is why, you want to know why that bill got pulled? That is why. Because every Republican senator in that caucus said, what is this? This is a guy with no experience, no ability, and seemingly unending hubris who will never, who doesn't appear to be listening to anyone. I guess he's now listening to his criminal lawyers who are telling him not to tweet about Jim Comey anymore or the special prosecutor, Mr. Mueller, investigating him. I guess he's listening to them because we haven't seen him tweet about that. But he will tweet about Mika Brzezinski and Hillary Clinton and all sorts of other things that mean nothing to nobody because he's got such a horrible ego. And every time his people take the stand, they talk about his great victory. Let me remind you about your great victory, Mr. President. You didn't win overwhelmingly. You lost the popular vote. Okay, you're the third president to lose the popular vote. But win the Electoral College. You basically won on a technicality. All right? So stop with this great... over uh, Huckabee said today... Overwhelming victory, she says. Overwhelming victory. It was not an overwhelming victory, Sarah. I'm going to play her clip in the next half hour. Can't do it now. It's too long. I'm going to go right through it, and I'm going to tear her apart, Mike. But I will tell you this. Uh, no, I don't want to say it. I don't want to go down the Donald Trump, the Donald Trump path. I don't want to do it. Um, I like her as press secretary better than, Huck, than, uh, than Sean Spicer, but... I don't know. I really like Melissa McCarthy playing Sean Spicer on Saturday Night Live. So I'm kind of torn here. You know, Sarah is like, I take no nonsense. 
you all suck, you know, and it, it doesn't really get rattled. But, uh, you know, Sean looks like he's about to throw a chair at the press. <laughs> at every, and I met the guy a couple times. He's a nice guy. I don't agree with him on a lot of things. He's a nice guy. He's kind of like me. He's like a political guy. You know, it is what it is. 631-451-1039 is the number. 631-451-1039 if you want to get in on the national conversation tonight. I'm live. I got Ellis Hennigan joining me at 9 o'clock tonight. Ellis will be on. You know, Ellis, he was a reporter for Newsday. You see him on CNN. He's an author. He's got tons of books out there right now. Great guy. Regular regular guest on the Chris Hahn Show. Uh, you know, uh, I haven't talked to Ellis in a while. Uh, actually, I talk to him every month. I, I love Ellis. Uh, he's my favorite guest. He keeps me calm. He calms me down. And it's great radio. Uh, I got him joining me a little bit. Again, I'm on Fox News 9 o'clock on uh, Saturday night uh, with Judge Jeanine Pirro, my friend, who I disagree with vehemently, (laughs) who will be out there saying why it's good that Trump's tweeting at people, I'm sure. If she's even there, holiday weekend, maybe she won't even be there. Uh, 631-451-1039 is the number I'm live now, taking your calls now. I'll be taking your calls at the bottom of the hour as well. Uh, 631-451-1039. And of course, you could always tweet at me at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, or you could grow a pair and you could just get on the phone and call me and talk about, uh, you know, why you disagree with me or why you agree with me. Because it's, uh, it's good to be agreed with too, uh, on days like this, when we should all be in agreement that it is irresponsible for the most powerful man in the world to be using Twitter to make personal attacks on a woman's appearance. Can we at least agree on that? Speaker Ryan agreed with me. Many members of the Republican caucus in the Senate, including John McCain, Lindsey Graham, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, a lot of votes he needs on the health care bill, by the way. A lot of them agreed with me as well. They don't think it's very responsible for the president to behave this way. And it is not responsible for the president to behave this way. It's not responsible at all. At all, ever, never, not good. And we should all be in agreement. We should all be in agreement that the president needs to be a grown-up. In fact, he needs to be the most grown-up grown-up in the world. And here it is. It's ironic that the oldest president we've ever had is the biggest baby we've ever had in the Oval Office. The biggest baby we've ever had. It makes us long for the days of Richard Milhouse Nixon. Okay? Nixon was corrupt, but at least he was competent. Right? We've got a guy here. I don't know if he's corrupt. I'm not calling him corrupt. But we sure to hell know he's incompetent, arrogant, and he is diminishing our place in the world. With every passing minute he's in office, he diminishes our standing in the world by his actions. And quite frankly, I had a little bit of hope. This is a guy who doesn't have strong ties to the Republican Party, has, doesn't have strong ties to the Democratic Party, could have went in there, could have called balls and strikes fairly and tried to get things done. Instead, he made his bed with the far right and all he's trying to do is stoke his base. And who knows? I mean, maybe his base really likes these tweets. I mean, I've got a lot of negative responses on Twitter today to my uh, reaction to the president. I'm still going to call him my president, but I'm using a lowercase p from now on because he doesn't deserve an uppercase p. 
He just doesn't. He doesn't deserve the capital P in president anymore. That's my protest. Lowercase p. Until he starts acting like a grown-up. If he starts acting like a grown-up again, I'll give him the capital P. But right now, lowercase p. On purpose, that's the way it's going to be between me and you, Mr. President. Until you start acting like a grown-up. All right. I'm going to take your calls on the other side of this break. I know you want to get on this conversation. 631-451-1039 is the number. Again, that's 631-451-1039. You're listening to Chris Hancho. Keep it where it's at. The Chris Hahn Show. All right, I'm back. Taking your calls. 631-451-1039 is the number. I'm live tonight. 631-451-1039. Top of the hour, I got Ellis Hennigan joining me. You know Ellis. He's been on this show a million times. He used to write for Newsday. He's a regular on CNN and all all over TV, really, but really on CNN these days. And he is also an author of many, many books. I don't know which one he wants to plug tonight. I'll ask him when he gets on, and he'll tell me. Probably how to catch a Russian spy. But Ellis Hennigan joining me at the top of the hour, 631-451-1039 if you want to get in on the conversation. Let me read the tweet that he said. Uh, I heard poorly rated at Morning Joe speaks badly of me in, in, in parentheses. Don't watch anymore. Then how come low IQ crazy Mika along with psycho Joe came to Mar-a-Lago three nights in a row around New Year's Eve and insisted on joining me? She was bleeding badly from the fit from a facelift. And I said, no. Now, let me tell you why they came to Mar-a-Lago. They wanted to get an interview with you. You just elected president of the United States, idiot. And, um, yeah, that's it. And it's not really poorly rated. I think it's actually the biggest rated show on TV and you do still watch it. (laughs) So let's be clear, Mr. President, we all know you still watch it and you seem to be very obsessed with women and bleeding. I don't know where that comes from. It's a little American psycho. If you ask me, you are obsessed with women and bleeding and it is absolutely pitiful and disgusting, but poor Sarah Huckabee. Poor, poor Sarah Huckabee. She goes to the podium this afternoon to defend you. And I'm going to play with this clip, Mike. It's a long, long clip. 631-451-1039. But let's talk about, let's talk about our friend Sarah. I know her, her dad. I, I've never met her. I know her dad. I, from We both worked at Fox together for a while. He's a very nice guy. Very entertaining guy, too. Fun guy to talk to. Um, but Sarah, you know, she's working it out there. I'll give her that. But she's got a really tough client to defend. So uh, why, don't we, why don't we start with this here? I'll, I'll tell you when to stop. Just watch me. The president draw that line on the dignity of the office. Look, I, I, I think that um, he shows that every day in the decisions that he's making, the focus and the priorities he's laid out in his agenda. Uh, but he's not going to sit back and be attacked by the liberal media, Hollywood elites. And when they hit him, he's going to hit back. All right. Stop right there. So she remember, she didn't say in his words, 
but in his actions, right, she's, she's trying to shift it, but there's been no action because he's getting nothing done. Let's be clear, America, nothing done. And as for them constantly talking about, you know, Hollywood elites, Hollywood elites, Hollywood elites, this is a guy who spent his entire life as, you know, look, he was born rich, right? The one thing he wanted to be was famous. And the people who he wanted to hang around with were Hollywood elites, movie stars, rock stars, entertainers. He wanted to be around that more than anything else. So when we're talking about Hollywood elites, if, if, if he could trade, trade right now, like the redneck hicks he's got hanging around him, and he could bring in Hollywood elites, he would trade you. Don't be fooled by this man. He cares about himself. He does not care about you, America. He does not care about you. He cares about Donald Trump and no one else. 631-451-1039. Let's keep going with this. Any reaction to that sentiment that conversations like this create an atmosphere that is either dangerous or one we need to avoid? The president in no way, uh, form, or fashion has ever uh, promoted or encouraged violence, if anything, quite the contrary. And he was simply uh, pushing back and defending himself. So hold on right there. So, no, it's not promoting violence, Sarah. You're right. But it is amping up the debate. It is talking about the physical characteristics of somebody rather than the substance of what they're saying about you. That is them's fighting words, if you ask me, right? It's fighting words. Wouldn't you say, Mike? I'd have to agree with you there. Right. Like, exactly. like you and I could have a debate. As long as, yeah, we can talk as long as you don't right. go after me personally. Right. But if I start making fun of your beard, exactly. you get pissed off, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, the first the couple beard of weeks, would attack I, made, you. <laughs> I made like all these beard jokes. That's fine. No, because I know you're choking around. Right. I know you, you know, right, I know right, you, so right. it's cool. But if I didn't know you, then we would have. Like, if I just blatantly around. said, you know, Mike B's beard is freaking ridiculous yeah, on Twitter. Exactly. He was bleeding from the beard. <laughs> he must have cut himself shaving and he stopped. Something like that. Exactly. <laughs> you know? exactly. I wish I could grow a beard. Okay. I can grow a beard. I just can't wear one. It's a whole thing. I look ridiculous. Uh, all right. Keep going. <laughs> Does his tweet this morning, his series of tweets, help to unify the country? Uh, again, Kristen, I think I've asked, and this question has been asked, and I've answered it several did, times. Did tweets help to unify the country to do what he said he wanted to see happen in the wake of that shooting? Look, again, I, I think that the president is pushing back uh, against people who attack him day after day after day. Where is the outrage on that? You guys are constantly coming and asking, like, is this okay? He does it one time. This is day after day after day. And it's not just the president. The only person that I see a war on is this president and everybody that works for him. Sarah, doesn't he have to meet a higher standard than cable news anchors? Uh, Look, I, I don't think you can expect someone to be personally attacked day after day, minute by minute, and sit back. Look, the American people elected a fighter. They didn't elect somebody to sit back and do nothing. Feel about the president. All right, hold on there. Hold on there. Okay, so the American people elected a fighter, attacked day after day after day, but the question was, shouldn't he have a higher standard? Shouldn't the president of the United States have a higher standard? That's what we need to find out here. I mean, I think the president of the United States should have a higher standard. I think the president of the United States should hold himself to a higher standard. And I think that the former president of the United States, Barack Obama, did that. I think that George W. Bush did that. They were both attacked day after day after day after day after day. I didn't hear 
I didn't get Barack Obama going after the way um, Sean Hannity looked or Bill O'Reilly looked or Ann Coulter looked. I don't know. What do you think? 631-451-1039. Let me go to James in Calverton. James, how you doing? All right. Um, I just was wondering why you're wasting so much time dwelling on this one subject when there's so many other things to talk about. You know, try, He's the first president that ever wanted to go to North Korea to talk to the guy. No other president ever did that before. He's the first president that wanted to stop the war between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Oh, no other president, president wanted to stop the war between the Palestinians well, I mean, and, and Israel? Want, None? I want them to sit down and talk to each other. They all, the they, you, there was a guy, I don't know if you remember a guy named Jimmy Carter who was president who actually got a lasting peace in the Middle East between Israel and Egypt. They were at war forever. Know, I'm talking about today, not 40 years ago. Oh, okay. But you said he's the first president ever. Uh, you don't think well, George? I'm you don't saying, think George W. Bush wanted to, to solve that problem, and 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 Barack Obama physically go there? Jimmy Carter went there with a whole bunch of people. It was a delegation. You didn't go there alone. Oh, so As the president's going to go to North Korea alone? I didn't say he did. I said he's ready to talk to the guy. He's ready to talk to the James. Guy every president in the United Korea. States has been willing to talk to people. What is he going to do when the guy makes when the guy the guy disagrees with him? Is he going to give him a nickname and, and send them running? Is that what he's going to do? Well, maybe he will. You really I'm think, not, Jim? 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 Why are you talking about it? Jim? Because it's it's dangerous for the country, Jim. Let me ask you this, Jim. No, what do you do? What do you do for a living, Jim? What do you do for a living, Jim? Jim? What do you do for a living? Construction. Okay. Would you want the guy representing your company responsible for getting you jobs? Would you want him talking like this? I couldn't care less. Nah, Jim, you hesitated there. Be honest. The guy responsible, Jim, the guy responsible for giving you work that puts food on your table for you and your family, would you want him behaving like this? Again, I tell you, Jim, answer the yes or no question. I've given you a lot of time tonight, Jim. You call a lot. Yes or no. But what if he wants to take a bath with ice cream? Is there some Jim, Jim, Jim. You're talking nonsense. Jim, I need a yes or no. Jim, I need a yes or no from you or I'm going to hang up. Talk about issues. All right, Jim. Jim doesn't want to say yes or no. He doesn't want to answer. He doesn't want to answer my question. The question is that, Jim, I was asking... Was yes or no? You've got a company that you work for or maybe you own. Would you let the person responsible for representing you to the planet or to your business customers behave the way the president of the United States behaves? I know for me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want that. Let's go back to the phone, 631-451-1039. Let me go to John in Mastic. John, how you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. What's up? Good. Uh, listen, I think you guys are uh, like kind of like barking up the wrong tree about our president. You know what I mean? Barking up why the wrong just, tree how? Yeah. I, why don't you just let him do what he does? What does he do? He's bringing America back. No, how? Because he hasn't done anything. He's got anything accomplished. John, what do you do for a living? I'm, a, I'm like him. I'm a construction worker. Okay, John. And 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 would I would I have somebody working for me talk like him if he represents me? Sure, one hundred percent. Oh, you'd have that guy represent you to the rest of the world to your customers talking like that. Listen, he's ja- doing John. His job. John, representing you to your customers, <laughs> the people that the people you need to buy things from you. You'd have him talk to them. Sure would. The way he talks right now. 
exactly. What, John, what's please. Wrong with it? John, please. You're what lying you to me. 631 451 1039. He'd have him. He, uh, have a guy giving nicknames to people, you know, and being, and being, uh, and being uh, a, a complete animal and a sexist pig and disgusting. And oh, by the way, don't read bills you discuss. Don't understand the mechanisms you're trying to sell, right? He's trying to sell this health care bill to senators, and the senators walked out of that meeting saying, I don't think he understands the health care bill. He didn't understand that there were tax cuts in the bill. He said he wanted to, to tackle tax reform later. Meanwhile, basically what the bill was was a big tax cut for the wealthiest people. The president didn't understand that. didn't have a grasp of that, John. You're going to let that guy represent you? Would you let him represent you? I, I mean, I wouldn't let him represent me. I, I mean, I don't, I don't get that at all. I don't get that at all. I think these people are lying to me, Mike. I think they're out there lying to me, saying that they'd let him do it because they just can't stop protecting their guy. They think they're on the same team as this guy. You are not on the same team as Donald Trump. Donald Trump does not play on a team. Donald Trump plays for Donald Trump. He is not doing anything for America that he wouldn't otherwise do for Donald Trump. That's who he is. He is not your savior. He's not a regular guy, John. He's not going to come and hang out with construction workers and make their lives better. He only cares about himself. That's it. Nobody else. He's not there for you. He's there for him. 631-451-1039 is the number if you want to get on the conversation. 631-451-1039. And by the way, if you agree with the guy, please be prepared to tell me if you'd have him work for you, if you'd have him represent your company, the thing that puts food on your table, and, he, and let him talk the way he's talking while doing it. Because the guy would have been fired for e, from ESPN for talking the way he talks about women a long time ago. He would have been fired from just about every corporation in America, including ExxonMobil, where his secretary of state's from, a long time ago. Okay, we talk about how this guy ran a business. He ran a family business. It was a very large family business, but it was a family business. Was that John from Mastic? Yeah, giving me the bees. Yeah, giving you the bees, right? Yeah, yeah I hung well, up on him because he lied to me. And then he just he started berating me. He so berated you. He said, "Is he? What is he? He's, he's, he's a Hillary supporter." I go, "No, he's not. A, he might not be a Hillary uh, supporter. Hillary's he's not, not running for anything. He's not a Trump guy." But back then, I was like, oh, "You know, you're so simple minded. There are there were other candidates in the beginning. You know, you can be in the middle between Trump and Hillary. You know." And then, by the yeah, way, was, was I'm that. not anybody who out there thinks I'm a Hillary supporter. That election's over. Yeah. Right. I am concerned about the state of our nation today. Now, there will be one president for the next four years, unless this guy retires or resigns on his own, which I think he might. By the way, and I, I, I want to put this out there for you, Mr. President, because I know you listen to this show, too. Right? At least I know Kellyanne listens to it. I'll put this out there for you, Mr. President. I promise if you decide to go on a three-year-long golf trip, I will not make fun of you, and I will lobby other progressives around the country not to make fun of you. Because I think it'd be good for the country if you just got out of town. Because one, I think you're miserable. I think you're miserable. This is why you're lashing out all the time. You're miserable. You don't like this. And I think you'd be happier playing golf. And, and quite frankly, you're 72 years old. Do the math. I mean, it's, I don't think you're going to die anytime soon. You're rich, right? 
but you're not going to be able to drive the ball 300 yards down the fairway when you're 85. It's just not going to be. It's physically impossible. Not going to happen, no matter how big they make the driver or, and how light they make the driver. When you get older, you're going to be driving the ball 100 yards. You're going to be miserable. Enjoy the last like six or seven years of you being able to play a regular round of golf, driving the ball far down the fairway. I know you love the game. I know you love it, and I love it too. It's fun. One of the things I have in common with you, and I've played some of your courses. They're not bad courses. If I owned those courses, I'd be playing golf. I would not be being president of the United States. It's a hard job that you're not equipped for. It's hard to be attacked every day. I get it. I've been in politics my whole life. I've been around people who've been attacked every day. You know what you got to do? You shrug it off like Obama did when you were attacking him for for eight years. Remember when you said he wasn't born here? Remember when you, you, you did press conferences talking about how he wasn't born here? What did he do? Did he cry? Did he make fun of your looks on Twitter? And believe me, Donald, there's a lot to make fun of. He did not do that. I know he cut you up at the correspondence dinner, but that's what the correspondence dinners are roast. And you were there. You got roasted. It is what it is. But you're spending an awful lot of time awful lot of time worrying about what people are saying about you on television. And if those shows are so poorly rated, why are you so concerned about it? And let me tell you something. The ratings on that show just went up. Okay? Big time. Big league. As you like to say. So yes, I promise that I will do my best to convince other progressives around the country to not make fun of you If you decide to go on a three-year-long golf trip, I promise I will not make fun of you. I will support your decision. Go to Scotland, hit them long, enjoy yourself. Take the plane and the security detail and whatever else you need to take. Go. Spend the next three years doing that. I think we'll be better off as a nation if you do. And I promise you, I will do everything in my power. I will use the power of my broadcast microphone, my Twitter following, all of my friends and relatives and coworkers and everybody who I ever know. I will tell them not to care about it, that it's okay. Let Mike Pence run things. I'm sure he won't be tweeting about how women, women look. His wife doesn't let him sit alone with women. So how would he ever make those kinds of tweets? That would be horrible. I'm sure he won't, though. Because you know why? He's been in politics his whole life. And he's been attacked his whole life. That's what it is to be in politics is to be attacked. And he probably has learned to deal with it. You haven't. You're not going to either. You've only been in politics for a very short time. And you're in the highest job in the land. The job that will always be scrutinized and attacked on a daily basis basis. And when I hear Sarah Huckabee talking about how it's unfair that you're attacked, you are president of the United States of America. Your character is being tested, sir. Your character is being tested and it is not faring well. Really power tests character. How are you going to be to the weaker people, which, you know, your bills that you're passing in healthcare here, They are not helping the weakest among us, are they? You even know that. 
once you finally read the House bill a couple of weeks after you had a celebration of it passing the House, when you finally read it, you realized it was mean. You didn't realize what you didn't realize was that Senate bill was just as mean. Maybe meaner. Because of the way it did it. So your character, sir, is being tested. And I don't think you're cut out for this. I just don't think you're cut out for this. And I think it's time to get on Air Force One, go wherever you want, go to any Trump property anywhere in the world, and just stay there. Stay there for three years. Turn off your phone. Leave the keys to the White House and the Oval Office to, to, to the Vice President, Mr. Pence. Let him take over. It's fine. He's just as conservative as you're pretending to be. He's actually as conservative as you're pretending to be. Because we, we all know you're not this conservative. We all know you didn't know who Neil Gorsuch was until somebody handed you his name on a piece of paper. So give it to that guy. If this is what you're going to do anyway, give it to a guy who at least will respect the office of the president of the United States. You are not respecting it, sir. You are not respecting it at all. And it is bad for the country and the world. And I can't take it anymore. And this country is getting tired of it. All right. Ellis Hennigan will help me sort this out in the next half hour. He always calms me down when I'm, when I'm feeling crazed as I am tonight. So uh, stick around, guys. Ellis is coming up next. And you can call in in a little while at 631-451-1039. You are listening to The Chris Hahn Show, and I will be right back. Everything else you heard today and listen up. The Chris Hahn Show is on the air. Oh, yeah. Love this song. All right, I'm back live, taking your calls at the bottom of the hour at 631 451 1039. Don't forget to catch me Saturday night on Fox News Channel with Justice with Judge Jeanine Pirro. And of course, follow me on Twitter at Christopher Hahn. For all your Christopher Hahn news, but again, I'll take your calls at the bottom of the hour at 631-451-1039. But joining me now, great friend of the show, one of my favorite people to talk to on the air, Ellis Hennigan. You can follow him on Twitter at Hennigan. Check him out at at Hennigan.com for all your Ellis Hennigan news and information. Of course, he is the author of How to Catch a Russian Spy and anything else he wants to plug tonight on this show. And you can always see him on CNN. I think you're on there. I think you're on CNN more than Anderson Cooper. Ellis, how you doing? <laughs> I'm great, Chris. Uh, there might only be room for one guy with uh, gray hair. I don't know. Yeah, you're the other silver fox on uh, on uh, uh, on uh, on CNN. That's that's your other role. Prema- prematurely in both cases. <laughs> one them, so. Hey, look, it beats what I got. So <laughs> you know, I'll trade we're you. All do- we're all doing our best under imperfect circumstances. <laughs> exactly. What can I tell you? That's why I'm on radio. You know what I'm saying? It's it's the it's the uh, it's the thing. So, man, oh, man, Ellis, what is wrong with this president? But you didn't like that? You didn't like the facelift tweak? Is that it? It's, it's like, how many times is he going to insult women and still have any women following him? That's the thing I don't understand, right? Like, if you or I did that, they would all be running for the hills. Uh, I, think you're, I think you're right. Let me, let, let's approach it a couple of directions. 
First of all, uh, Mika Brzezinski, and, and I know Mika a little. I mean, I wouldn't say we're close pals, but she's not someone we need to worry about too much. Right. I, I mean, you know, yeah, of all of the people that, you know, we, we, we pull for underdogs and people who are not getting a fair shake. I mean, Mika's, uh, Mika's a pretty tough woman. She's uh, got a, her own television show. She's got a, uh, a tough guy boyfriend. Yep. I, I mean, she's not somebody we need to start out thinking of as a delicate flower. No, in fact, they, they do the whole campaign, that ad campaign they did about how undelicate she was. <laughs> right, exactly. So, so I'm not going to rest this on, you know, that we have to be specially concerned about the delicate feelings of Mika. Right. Okay, let me just make that, let me make that clear right off the bat. Right. It's not about that her. Said, <laughs> but that said, it's a really piggish thing to say, isn't it? completely piggish thing to say, you know, and, and really, I think if I had to guess Ellis, I watched morning Joe this morning for five minutes. And during that five minutes, they were making fun of the fact how he had that fake time news, uh, picture hanging in his clubs, his golf clubs. Right. Right. In fact, I saw that segment as well. This I, I thought it was hilarious. It was like, it was like, like if Joe had done it and it was like, you know, top sweaters to wear for summer or something, it was something stupid like that. And I have a feeling that's what rubbed him the wrong way. I really do. And that's why he sent out those series of tweets. It's, it's very possible. I mean, it, it's hard when you're dealing with people who are psychologically challenged to apply actual logic to their decision. Right. So, I mean, it doesn't always necessarily follow from A to B to C when it comes to our president. Right. But, um, yeah, I think it was probably that. I mean, they were riffing on uh, on uh, the fake cover, on the size of his hands, whether right. he was hiding him in the pics. I mean, it was just kind of a greatest hits of uh, Trump goofery. And right. And it is wild. It is true. That, you know, that probably wasn't the highest brow policy analysis. It is a different set of judgments you get when you're a cable news host and when you're the president of the United States, even in the year 2017. Absolutely. And look, the president of the United States has been the subject of jokes, no matter what party he's in. Since George Washington, right? I, I, I point to that whole thing. They're all going crazy about the Julius Caesar thing. Every president of the United States since Washington has been portrayed as Julius Caesar in Shakespeare's <laughs> Julius Caesar. Every single one of them, including Obama. Okay, it's happened before. That's and it is not a a, a tale to kill the president. Is it it actually that plays all about how political assassination is horrible. Right, so it is. And Chris, do you need me to drag your audience through greatest hits of the mean things Donald Trump has said about others? I mean, I, right? Pick, pick whoever you want. I, you know, whether from from uh, Ted Cruz's father being involved in the Kennedy assassination to Barack Obama being born in Kenya. I, I, I mean, this is not a guy who has a right to have much of a thin skin on these issues. Exactly, and that's just his political stuff. I mean, he has been doing this to people his entire career. Right. He has been this guy who has attacked people in the media his entire career. And now that he is the subject of those same attacks as president of the United States, which every president of the United States has been subject to these things, he can't take it. Yeah. Now, do you think this minds this? I mean, my guess is that this kind of thing has very little impact. People who incline not to like him just plain old don't like him. And those who... Uh, who think he's uh, being abused, that this just proves how much he's being abused. I think that you're right. I think his base, 
I mean, they've been calling me all night saying, just lay off, give them a break. What's, what's wrong with you? Now, I haven't had any female callers do that tonight. Usually, sometimes I'll get a female caller that supports Donald Trump. Um, but I haven't gotten female callers supporting Donald Trump tonight saying those things. But I got a lot of male yeah. callers calling in saying, just give him a break. He let him do his job. I go, dude, he's not getting anything done either. It's not that he's just this, this cad living in the Oval Office. He, he, he's not actually accomplished anything. So, like those two things, doesn't don't that don't you think that should bother them, Ellis? Yeah, I think healthcare. If you're looking for something that does have a chance, really, to undermine some of that base support, I think you're going to find much uh, much more fertile territory when it comes to the healthcare plan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were talking about that a little bit tonight, and um, I don't know that the base understands the bill any better than the president does, right? I mean, the president clearly yeah, clearly didn't understand the bill. <laughs> Yeah, but this is real life we're talking about. And if you don't understand it now, you know, if the thing passes and it becomes part of the lives of people, believe me, they're going to understand it pretty quickly when they, uh, you know, can't uh, get the health care they were getting before. When 22 million are booted off and however many other million can't afford it like they used to and the plans suck. Right. You know, believe me, that will focus them on. Well, that's why the Republicans in their brilliance uh, had it take effect in 2021, because they're so brave, Right. I mean, it, it is it is a remarkable thing that these guys are, you know, Obamacare is self-destructing, but our plan won't take effect for four years because we want to get through a couple of elections first, especially but no, it's 2020. It's interesting, though, to think through what's likely to happen. Right, right. So, so here we are. We stand at the precipice of not really knowing what the Senate is going to be able to achieve. You know, right. is Mitch McConnell going to be able to uh, cajole, bribe, charm, bully? Uh, 50 senators into in supporting this thing. Uh, you know, I don't think we know the answer to that yet. It's right. looking like it's in disarray, but but so did the House, and eventually these uh, these guys and gals do tend to come home right. more often than not. Right. But 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 so but so I mean, you, you got to tease it out a little bit. So so if the thing passes, is it really going to become law? Is the House and the Senate going to be able to agree? Are we really going to live with a bill that looks something like the bills that they have uh, uh, voted or, or, or considered up until now? If they don't pass and end up with nothing, you know, and they continue to try and sabotage the Obamacare exchanges, you know, what really is going to happen here? I, maybe you know, but I'm not sure that I I, I think that the Democratic Party has done a horrible job of saying that, you know, President Trump owns what's happening in the healthcare markets right now. And the Republicans, they are in control of everything. If they see that these markets are collapsing, it's up to them to fix it. And the Democrats, like everything else they've done with healthcare, have not been able to stay on message or even create a message that is something that the American public can understand. Right? Yeah. Obamacare well, was actually I, I a bill. Halfway on that. Halfway on that. The Republicans are doing a fine job making you hate their plan. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think you need the Dems to, to do that. It's got a an approval rating somewhere between thirteen and nineteen percent. Right, right. Which version we're talking about? But but I do think that you're right when it comes to okay, then what? Right. You know, what are we going to get instead? Right, right. I mean, they keep saying the Republicans on every interview I see them, they say how Obamacare is collapsing. Obamacare is collapsing, and my role is okay. You're in charge. Save it. What are you, yeah. what are we talking about? And I don't hear that coming back from Democrats. So it's it's right. odd. Save it, kill it, save it, kill it, or replace it. Just do something. Right. Hey, by the way, I'm talking to Ellis Hennigan. He is an author. Uh, How to Catch a Russian Spy. What else you got coming out? You know, I just have had. In fact, we've been talking about it a lot. This uh, book called Tuesday's Promise, and it's uh, about a service dog and an Iraq War vet, Purple Heart Iraq War nice. vet, uh, and his PTSD, and it's a. Uh, 
it's a really it's a, it, it's a moving, difficult story about a, a, an issue that really all of us ought to be focused on. Tuesday's promises at hell at hell at Hennekin on uh, Twitter and Hennekin.com for all your LSD. Yeah, you can see it. It's all it, it, it's all there. But no, I appreciate the plug. Man. I always like to plug my guests when they're on. And by by the way, I'm taking your calls bottom of the hour six three one four five one one zero three nine. Uh, will be my number. I'm, all, I'm also going to talk about the U2 concert at the bottom. Of the I was at the U2 concert last night. If I sound like I'm about about to lose my voice, it's like midway through the show last night, Ellis, I said, God, I got to do radio tomorrow and I got some other radio <laughs> stuff I got to do and TV. I better stop singing and just start mouthing the words, you know? <laughs> you know, it was a great show. Uh, I was going to say, did you feel like, you know, you were whatever, 25 years ago? I felt like I was back in uh, ninth grade. When wow. I first heard the Joshua Tree, because that's what the tour is. It's about the Joshua. It's yeah. the Joshua. They did the whole wow, album. No. It was awesome. And you forget how great that album is. You know, uh, just one of the greatest. That sounds like fun. One of the greatest. So, so let's talk. Let me go back a little bit to last week when all the buzz, and I, I want your opinion on this. All the buzz was on should the Democrats get rid of Nancy Pelosi? Because it's clear that she's a big issue in a lot of these campaigns. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you think should happen with her. Well, I want to know if not her, who? Right. Okay? You tell me who, and I'll tell you whether I think it's a good idea. I don't think it makes any sense at all to throw your leader overboard unless you've got somebody better in the wings. And right. She is an imperfect at this point. She is an imperfect leader. There's some things that she's great right. about. I think she's a terrific strategist. She can raise tons of money. Right. Um, but she is also feels like an earlier generation. She is a lightning rod. So, so let's just let's just say what we know to be true. There's some things that are good about her, and some things that are bad about her. But I gotta tell you, I can't give you a name of someone, and I don't think anybody else can. But now, isn't that her? Place isn't right that now? her fault to some extent? Like, isn't it the Maybe. job of a leader to prepare yeah. their successor? And she's been a leader now for 15 years. And who's her successor? It's not, it's yeah. not, it's not Steny Hoyer, you know, I no. mean, who is it? No, that's a fair, that's a fair criticism. I mean, I, I, I think you're right about that. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot because I mean, I, I'm not against Nancy Pelosi. I don't, I, I think this is nonsense. I mean, you know, all the stuff they throw out there about her. I think she's been actually a pretty good leader. She keeps the Democrats together, which is something that nobody really has been able to do other than her, um, right. in my lifetime anyway. Do you have a candidate? No, I don't. I don't have a candidate. I don't have a potential successor to her. Um, you know, I don't know who would do that, but I think what she should probably do is she should probably announce that this is her last term, that she's not seeking reelection and she won't be running for speaker or leader or anything like that. And she should let them figure this out over the next 18 months while she's still there, while she's still leading, yeah. she's not stepping down midterm. Let's figure it out. And she should be preparing that next generation of leaders. It should be somebody who's not a baby boomer, uh, because I think it's time. I don't know if you're a baby boomer, but I think it's time for us to move on uh, as a nation. Um, and, and she should pick the next generational leader, and she should help work yeah. that, get that person ready. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a rational response. I think it misses one thing. What's that? Which is that you know what's in her head about this. She wants to be... You know, delivering her party back to the promise. Right. She can see she's Moses in the desert. She can smell it across the horizon. Yeah. She imagines a swan song that involves getting them to the to the new place and and, and celebrating for a moment with them. And I just, I you know, I, what you say I think might really be for the good of the party 
but you do have to account for that emotional piece of it. Sometimes. Yeah, but 15 years, though. Long I mean, time. 15 years. This is probably one of the longest reigns of any leader uh, in the party, uh, in at least in the last hundred years, I don't, I don't think anybody's gone this long. I don't think Tip O'Neill was there fifteen years. And, and, and compared, and compared to the Republican uh, tenure these days, I don't know how long you think Paul Ryan's going to last. But uh, yeah, it's not going to be. It's not going to be fifteen years. Now. No, no, it will not. And quite frankly, if they lose the majority, he'll be gone. You know, there'll be there'll be no doubt about that to me. They'll blame him for it. Um, and and when we lost the majority in twenty ten, I thought for sure she'd be gone. Yeah. Uh, but she held on because, you know, look, I mean, I think the, the party, uh, the party in Congress anyway, has started to rely on her to such an extent, both for fundraising and, and strategy that there really isn't anybody there. And I think that's, I, again, that's partially her fault. That's the way she wanted it. And she's basically boxed out anybody who may uh, challenge her from getting into the leadership ranks. And yeah, again, I, I think that you're right. Let me uh, throw one other log on the fire here, though. I believe that we live in a youth culture. You and I have both had the experience of working for people younger than we are. You, right. know, you just got to get used to that, particularly if you work in, the, in, in fields like we do. Um, and yet this great youth culture, who did we run for president last time? The nominees of the two major parties in this youth-oriented, yeah. uh, Twitter-centric uh you know, for short attention span culture, what, a 70-year-old a, a and a 69-year-old? Right, right. Horrible. How did that happen? I don't know. Really? I don't think it's going to happen the next time. Uh, I don't think the Democrats are running a 60. I, and I know, oh, Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. Forget Bernie. Bernie's done. He's not right. even a Democrat. Joe, Joe Biden the same way? Not going to be right? Biden. I like John Hickenlooper, who's no spring chicken himself, but at least he's in his early 50s. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's, it's, it's somebody like that. Uh, or, you know, who knows, maybe one of the Castro brothers. I mean, there are people out there, you know, who are younger, who are ready to lead and it's time. I think it's time. Have you paid attention at all? And this is just the name of among many, but, but, but I I call it to your attention. Have you focused at all on my hometown mayor in New Orleans, Mitch Landry? I have not. He is, he's involved in some really interesting stuff right now. I I would urge you to just, just go sniff around a little bit. Talk to some of your friends, see what they think about it. He's just uh, becoming the head of the U.S. uh, uh, Mayor's Group. Conference of Mayors? Right. He has um, just gotten a a bunch of publicity locally and and some national attention for his efforts to remove the Confederate monuments from New Orleans. Yes, I've seen that. delivered a speech uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, as the Robert E. Lee monument came down that I got to tell you, is one of the finest pieces of political oratory I have ever heard. Really? It's on YouTube. Go, go check it out. It is a talk about race in a, in a frank and honest way that you will rarely hear from a white politician in the South. And it is, it is thoughtful. It is frank. It's caused him some political problems at home. Now, he's right. term limited, so maybe he doesn't care about that so much. Right. But, but, but go, go sniff around, of course, from one of the the most famous Democratic names in Southern politics. Right. His dad having been the mayor and the HUD secretary, his sister having been the uh, last senator. Democratic senator from the state. Um, but just, again, I'm very early on this, and I'm not saying it's going to go anywhere, but uh, but for the political junkies, it's something to keep an eye on. What do you think? I mean, you really think that he's looking to raise his profile nationally, or is he trying to become a senator or a governor in Louisiana? No, he can't, because he's in Louisiana. 
So he's got no chance, no chance, there's no path. Louisiana has a Democratic governor right now, but it was a real fluke because they hated the senator who was running for governor so much. Right. But but he really does not have much of a state. Well, that guy who ran against that senator did the exact campaign that should have always been ran against that senator. Yeah, but you slept with a prostitute. Right. Everything. He's, every answer was yeah, but you slept with a prostitute. <laughs> you know, it was like every answer was perfect. I mean, that's the campaign you run against him. Remember John, the Mayflower, madam. You were her number one client. <laughs> it was like right. you, uh, you, you. I can see you run campaign. Right? Yeah, I mean, it was like stay on message, stay on message, stay on message, and the message is whatever he says. Yeah, but you slept with a prostitute. <laughs> you know, you're a family values conservative, but you let you slept with a prostitute. That's how I would have ran against him. I don't know why that campaign wasn't ran against him uh, like eight years ago when this first came out and he had to run for re-election. Yeah. And got, got well, I think uh, John Bell Edwards, the current governor, finally finally figured that out. But but it does, it does not mean that Louisiana, like, say, Virginia or some other states, is tipping purple and right. blue. Right. They're a long way from that. And so New Orleans is such a world. big part of that state and such a liberal city. But I guess Baton Rouge, which is also a big city, is not so liberal. Yeah, although they, you know, I mean, Baton Rouge has, has, has black mayors, and it's really about, largely about the size of the African-American population. Right, 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 right. Interesting. All right, I got about a minute left with you, my friend. What should we be watching over the summer that could change the way we think about politics in the fall? Listen, it's got to all be about health care. If the Republicans can't come up with a plan that they can get their own membership to like right. and that they can uh, somehow uh, get the governors and the citizens of America to swallow, that's going to dominate discussion for uh, months and years to come. It will, uh, you know, keep an eye on the Russian stuff. It's still interesting, those investigations. Right. The Mueller particularly is rumbling along. We don't really know where it's going to end up. Right. I think it's dangerous for the president, but it is not something that millions of Americans are going to rally around in the way that people care about. Can I see a doctor when I'm sick? Can I take right. a kid to the, uh, to the ER? Who's going to pay for Who's going to be my doctor? Does That's McConnell the kind of thing people care about. Does McConnell reach out to Schumer and bring the Democrats into the conversation or no? Boy, he sure doesn't seem to want to, does he? He sure doesn't, but he did suggest he might. Yeah. So that's the thing. All right, Ellis Hennigan at Ellis at Hennigan on Twitter, Hennigan.com. You're gonna probably be on CNN this weekend, right? I will indeed. Yeah. I'm sure you will be, and we'll all be watching you there. I, for one, will be watching you there. He's one of my favorite guests. We'll get him back here real soon. I have taken your calls on the other side of this break. 631-451-1039. You're listening to The Chris Hodge Show, and I'll be right back. The truth is on the air. The Chris Hodge Show. Alright, I'm back. 631-451-1039 is my number if you want to get in on the conversation. 631-451-1039. By the way, I saw on Twitter uh, today is um, Heterosexual Pride Day. So uh, for those of you hashtagging Heterosexual Pride Day, I got a better idea for you. Just come out of the closet, okay? You, you don't need a day for Heterosexual Pride if you feel you got to put it out there that you're heterosexual, you're really overly concerned about it for reasons that psychologically probably suggest you should just come out of the closet. 
Okay? Just do it. There's Gay Pride Day because gays used to get beaten by the police and other people just for being gay. Right? During the Salem witch trials, they used to throw the gays on the fire to burn the witches. That's where the term fag comes from. It was a bundle of sticks used to light a fire. So yeah, maybe they need a little pride for being able to be brave and come out. So for those of you hashtagging heterosexual pride day today, do us all a favor. Go tell your loved ones you're actually gay and be happy for yourself. Because if you're concerned about what other people are doing that has nothing to do with you and you're so concerned that they have a pride march once a year, Really, honestly, look in the mirror and make some serious judgment calls about your own life and how you are living. You might need to go to therapy for it to come to that realization, but you really should get working on that right now. And that's really like, I don't want to say too much about it because I'm always told I spend too much time blasting people who hate gays. But really? Yeah, I don't know. I do. What there's I do. never, there's never too much. To, you can never spend too much time on that. I mean, I'm just like of the of the mind that I just like. I, I'm, I'm I, I, all these conservatives who want everybody bothering them. They want to li- live life alone. But if somebody wants to, they 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 care about who people love. Mm-hmm. Who cares? It really doesn't matter. If you really were straight, you'd be happy that they're gays. More for you. <laughs> That's my point, right? You look and look in the mirror, buddy. You're not exactly. that attractive. You should be very happy that the guys who are at the gym <laughs> seven hours a day like other guys. Right. Okay. We get some of that work. work right. Do you, know? you think my wife would be with me if she could get some of these guys <laughs> with the freaking six pack abs in their fifties? Oh, I man. mean, come on. Be happy. <laughs> Life's too short not to be. Right. Yeah, exactly. In fact, there you go. in fact, they should just be gay. Go for it. Because right? gay means happy. There you go. There you go. You hate them so much because you probably are them. I'm just saying. I don't know for sure. But I have a theory, it's been my theory my whole life, that people who hate certain things usually hate it because it's themselves. So uh, you want to hashtag that nonsense that some idiot on the right, probably at Breitbart.com, it was probably that guy that doesn't work there anymore who was gay, what was his name, that we were all concerned about, Milo. Yeah, Milo. <laughs> Milo, Uvenopolis, whatever. Yanolopolopolis. Yeah, yeah, Who was openly gay and was totally punking you all, by the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he probably came up with this uh, heterosexual pride day just so he could find all the closeted homosexuals out there. Just like when when uh, when Bill Donahue from the Catholic League put in the application to march in the gay pride parade. I supported that application because I thought that of all the things that are represented in the gay pride parade, you got gay lawyers, gay doctors, artists, flamboyant gays, conservative gays, mm-hmm. you know, Irish gays, they're all in there. The one group that was not represented at the gay pride parade were closeted homosexuals and Bill Donahue, <laughs> by putting that straight is great thing in there, gave them a place to march. There you go. You know, and I thought that was good. I was good on you, Bill Donahue. Give the closet cases a role in the gay pride parade. So please, don't use that stupid hashtag. Just go to your psychologist and start having a conversation. I'm pretty sure it won't take long to figure out why you hate gays so much. (laughs) I say this with love. I mean, I can't. Last night, look, I had a great time last night. Went to the U2 concert. Now, other than Met, other than MetLife Stadium being a disaster to get in and out of, because really, complete disaster. Drive or take the uh, trains. 
I drove okay. because you can't take the train around the train. here either anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> the whole so, another, that's a whole, that's another, a whole other, another problem. Whole show, I yeah. drove to MetLife Stadium, which is by the way, it's only sixty miles from here. Of course, you got to go through the biggest city in the world to get there. Exactly. Um, so. And I drove there, mm-hmm. and uh, the concert was great. Had a great time. You too. They did the Joshua Tree uh, album. Is that uh, what they're, they're doing right now? The they're touring? doing the Joshua Tree that's tour. Great, they play the entire album, cover to cover. Albums. It's awesome. It's really cool. Awesome. I, I, you know, I'm 45 years old, so that album came out. I think it was 1987 or 88. I was either a, a, a sophomore or a junior in high school. Uh, I, I had it on a, a cassette tape. Yep. And I played it till it went <laughs> bad. You broke it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it was it was the greatest thing, and the, and the videos, and there was so mm-hmm. many hits on it. I mean, it's just like a, a phenomenal, phenomenal performance by U two. They played a lot of their other great hits. They opened up with Sunday Bloody Sunday. I mean, it was it was insane. It was an intense concert. Had a great time. Uh, I was in a suite. Uh, but fancy. the suite, yeah, it was a little fancy. <laughs> but I left the suite. Me and my friends left the suite because the suite was not a really good place to watch a concert. We just wandered out into the crowd and found some seats, sat down. I actually tend to notice that. You know, the suite is nice for the amenities and all that stuff. But, you know, you. Yeah, you, they're good for if, football games. If you're a good, you know, real concert goer, you yeah, love music, that, it, you want to be in the muck. It, you want to be in the. Not, the, it's the suites are not for concerts. The mess of things. They're just not yeah. for concerts. They're really not. They're good for. That suite is actually particularly good for football, but it is not good for concert. So I, uh, we wandered out. Mm-hmm. We found found a couple seats. And it was four of us. I mean, a couple of my brothers, Joe J and Eric, who've been on the show a lot, the Face Off Unlimited guys, great guys. We're at the concert, uh, and uh, we find some seats. Now, I must always look like an authority figure. I think this is the problem. <laughs> I was dressed a little nicer than the average concert goer because okay. I was going to be sitting in a luxury suite. Of course, of course. Now I'm sitting out in, in the, in the, in the crowds. Okay. And uh, some guy sitting behind me. He's a little uptight. He's there with his kids. He he he, he taps me on the shoulder. And there were these uh, three women. Uh, uh, sitting next to me, okay, and they were having a blast. They were they were dancing. They were you know all over the place. Yeah, I, I wasn't themselves. Pay, you know, they were enjoying exactly. themselves. They were doing what you do at a concert. You're, exactly. They were having fun. Exactly. Guy taps me on the shoulder and goes, "Are these women with you?" And I'm I'm thinking he must want to hit on them or something. Oh, so, okay, right? And I'm like, no, I I I don't know. I have no, I mean, <laughs> I don't know who they clue. are. Exactly, the slightest clue. <laughs> I have no idea who they are. No, the slightest clue. Exactly. Clue who they are. He goes, "Well, I'm getting security. They're smoking weed, and I'm here with my kids." Really? I'm like, did you smell anything? Uh, dude, the whole freaking stadium smells like <laughs> yeah, weed. There you go. Okay, yeah. that's what you, you ever been to a concert? I mean, it, it is, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's, you know, I don't smoke weed. Uh, uh, it's yeah. not my it's thing. At least, at least you were actually outdoors. You're outside. Though, you know? yeah. And, and I got to tell you, I was sitting next to these women. I didn't see them smoking weed either. They were absolutely wasted on something and having a blast. Yeah. But I didn't see them doing anything illegal or inappropriate. Okay. Guy gets security. To come get them. Security comes and gets them. They bring them out of the seats for a little bit. And then they quickly come back. Because, like, what are they going to do? Yeah. They're not smoking weed. Yeah. How are you going to... You, you and and me, by the, yeah, way, I go and by the way, the, the security guard probably had to walk past 17 people that smoking were, weed exactly. to get them. <laughs> and, and the guy taps me on the shoulder again and says... Next time they're out of here, I go, dude. I don't work here. Yeah. I am just trying to enjoy the show, you know. And then those girls look at me and go, "Did you try to get a store?" And I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about. I just don't watch the show. I'm just trying to have fun." Why do people like? First of all, look, look. First rule: you don't bring your kids to a concert if you're concerned about them seeing what actually happens at concerts. Exactly. I don't. This guy. We were all look. Everybody at that concert were in their mid 40s yeah. right it's the it's you too i mean we this was our band yeah, in the 90s you grew up you grew 80s up 80s and band, 90s exactly. you grew up with this band these are your guys the guy was my age maybe a little bit older than uh, me the girls the women 
women. They weren't girls. They were women in their 40s, right? And he's getting them thrown out of a concert. It's ridiculous. You, you, look, guys, America, <laughs> listen to me, okay? Listen to me and hear me. People do smoke weed at concerts. Now, this guy was not complaining about the millions of people around him with Bud Light cans in their hands. Gee, exactly. Right? 100%. Oh, drinking alcohol, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Right? He's cool with that. And in fact, he probably had a he, beer in his hand while he's driving that. his kids home. But he smells a little <laughs> weed, sees some people having Bugs fun. It must be them. No. He was all nervous. Look, I felt bad for the kids. I even felt bad for the guy a little bit because he was really, really uptight. I mean, really, really uptight about it. You know, also, you know, move. If you don't like where you are, you think right. it's bothering you. get up and you, you go leave inside because, the, yeah. the, the, you know, MetLife Stadium has a lot of places you could be inside and, and watch, watch what's exactly. going on and exactly. what's going on. You could go do that. I mean, you, 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 there were plenty of places for you to be. You didn't have to be there. If you were so concerned about your kid's safety, you don't want, my daughter wanted to come. My 10-year-old's like, I want to go. And I'm like, yeah, no, no, I'm not bringing you. No, and it wasn't that. Daddy I, wants to have some fun. I'm exactly. not concerned about her seeing people. You know, it no. is what it is. They're going to see that eventually, right? It, this is. And by the way, I don't smoke it. I don't do it. But it should be legal. If the guy sitting next to him with the beer can can have his beer, his drug of choice, yeah. why can't somebody else have weed? In most parts of the country now, you can anyway, including New Jersey, just for medical uses. You know, it, it, and New Jersey's considering legalizing it altogether. Well, New York, in a couple of, like, next year, you know, we're going to be medically, it'll be legal. Medically, it's legal right now yeah. in New York. And yeah. I think, and, and, you know, who knows, it might, it might expand. But I, I just found it, I find it odd that people look at me, <laughs> I'm just having fun, I'm, I'm literally, I'm rocking out. Right? And, you know, I'm not a good dancer, Mike. I'm uh, like, I'm doing the Elaine. Okay, you know, okay, like, you know, Elaine Dennis no, from, from, from Seinfeld. Thumbs, like, thumbs, thumbs out, are going, left and right. Exactly. I'm doing a, I know. You know, I'm, t- I'm just getting into it. You I'm do? having fun. I get okay. tapped on the shoulder, yeah. like, violently tapped on the shoulder. And uh, and the guy's like, those girls? I'm like, I, first of all, they're not girls. They're, they probably have five, yeah. 15 kids between the three of them. And then that, if you have a problem, politely ask them, like, hey, if you are, can you uh, right. hey, blow it can that you, way? Can you put that I, out? I I've got here. kids here. I'm sure. Which, anyone who actually is doing it, like, oh, dude, I'm so sorry. If it's they not are, like, like they were I teenagers who were yeah. going to yell at you. These were women in yeah. their, like, 40s, maybe even older. Exactly. And, and they were, and they, and <laughs> I'm like, dude, uh, I don't work here. I don't know them. In fact, these aren't even my seats. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm just like I just, I just found some seats to sit I in. I found some seats to sit in here, and I'm like getting all worried now that the security guards are going to ask me for my ticket. Yeah, you right. Know, I'm like, dude, it was this is America. Relax, relax. Okay, if you're okay with your kids seeing people drinking beer, you probably should be okay about weed. The reason why we're not okay about weed in America right now is because you got to go behind the Seven Eleven to get it. From somebody who's not so legal. If you went into the 7-Eleven to get it, it would just be like buying a Slurpee and other things that are unhealthy for you in 7-Eleven. I'm not one of those guys who are going to stand here and say that weed is healthy for you. It's, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure you can get lung cancer from weed like anything else. You smoke. Okay? I'm sure it's bad for you. But it's no worse for you than beer is. Beer makes you fat and it kills brain cells and it also makes you violent. I mean, I got to tell you. Got a lot of friends who smoke pot. They've never tried to beat me up. Not one of them. A lot of my friends who get drunk have tried to beat me up. Now they've cried about it later that night. But, you know, beer makes you violent. Weed kind of makes you hug. You know, they've stolen my Doritos. But that's okay. I don't need them. But uh, let me tell you something about U2. For those of you who haven't seen U2, you got to go see U2. 
They are fantastic. They still bring it. I mean, they bring it. Just two hours and 20 minutes of non-stop just awesomeness that I, I got to tell you, just brought me, I literally felt like I was like, it was back in, in 1987 and I was hearing it for the first time, the Joshua Tree. And it was awesome. And they played a lot of their other big hits. They played Elevation. They played Beautiful Day, which is the number one song on my run list. It's the first song I play when I go for a run because I like the line, you're on the road, but you've got no destination. That's the way I like to run. I don't know where I'm going. I just know I want to do like eight miles and I'm going to figure out where I'm going to go. Um, but it is, it, it was, it was a good time other than that guy, uh, being very, very uptight very, and, and like the, those, as the security guards are leaving, I hear another, I feel, I smell another waft of marijuana. <laughs> smell go, I'm yeah. like, guys, that's what happens at concerts. Mm. You got to get over it. So sir, if you're listening, um, if you're the guy who was sitting behind me at MetLife stadium, um, I'm sorry you had a bad time. I'm sorry you're uptight. You got to lighten up. He probably was a Trump voter. He, he struck me as a Trump voter, right? Because he was probably also getting mad that there was one little anti-Trump thing. In the oh, was there? Just like a, a very slight anti-Trump. How unslight was it? It was pretty slight. You had to really <laughs> notice it, right? I, I, you know, maybe it was a little bit, maybe it was a little bit out there. But yeah. it was a little. But look, he opened up saying. Thank you for letting me come back to your country. <laughs> you know, right. okay. so you know they're from Ireland. No, There's course, a band. Yeah. By the way, the travel ban takes effect today um, uh, around the country. The modified travel ban, which is a joke, is a little arbitrary and capricious, if you ask me. Because now you really just have to prove a connection to the United States to be able to come in. Um, so if your brother's here, your cousin's here, you got a job here, or you're going to school here, or you got some other good reason to be here. You could be here. I don't know what that is. I guess it's kind of like pornography. You'll know it when you see it. That's what the Supreme Court wanted them to say here. But uh, the travel ban's in effect, and Bono got in just under the... They didn't start playing till 9.15. I think he probably was stuck in traffic on the bridge uh, getting there. or uh, you know. But you know, there was jokes going around. Oh, maybe you got caught in Trump's travel ban, you know, that kind of thing. But it, is, it, was, it wasn't a lot of anti-Trump rhetoric last night. A lot of uplifting rhetoric, though. A lot of like, let's bring everybody together. Let's heal the planet. Let's do mm-hmm. all that stuff. You know, and then I wake up in the morning and I see these tweets about Mika Krasinski <laughs> from the president of the United States. Here the president go. of the United States, America. I mean, Bono is a better role model to the world. Bono, a guy named Bono, is a better role model to the world than our president right now. He's talking about lifting people up and bringing people together. And by the way, Bono... Worked well with George W. Bush, a Republican, fighting AIDS in South Africa and South and, and Africa in general. He he actually gave George Bush an award from his foundation. They honored George W. Bush for his work on AIDS, right? He honored them. He he did a montage of of women who made history at one point. And uh, there were several prominent Republican women in there, Sandra Day O'Connor, Condoleezza Rice. There were several prominent Republican women featured in that montage. He was not out there making some big political statement, but there was all, you know, the slightest, you know, slightest thing anti-Trump, the Trump, the Trump warriors, the Trumpeters out there all go crazy. Oh, give him a chance. Why is that Irish guy saying bad things about our president? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're like whiny little, am I allowed to say a female dog? I'm not. They're like, I'm not, am I allowed to say that? I don't think so. 
Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to say it. I would go I no with that. Yeah, one. You, you're gonna go with a no. I'm gonna say no. Just yeah, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. But In that rhetoric, you know, if you're describing a female dog, I'm sure you could say it. I'm allowed that. to say it if I was talking about two dogs. Yes, but if it's in this in this case, In, you are not. But I'm not allowed to call them whiny little, and exactly. then the word for female dog, which uh, is perfectly course. fitting for Trump and a lot of people who are complaining that I and others are being critical of him. Correct. I, I'm mostly critical of him for not being able to get anything at all done, but I'm also critical of him for being a drain on our nation and dragging us down in the eyes of the rest of the world and not living up to his moral responsibility as president of the United States to actually rise above the name calling that has dominated him his entire life. I I see nothing uplifting about him. I mean, I, I didn't agree with a lot of things Ronald Reagan did, but when Ronald Reagan spoke, it was beautiful. It was uplifting. It was unifying. Even if his policies were not the greatest things that ever happened. He tried to bring people together. We disagreed on policy, not on his behavior. Like, why do we have a president that we have to be concerned about his behavior? And why are his supporters not concerned about that? I mean, we saw today in Washington, John McCain and Susan Collins and, and, and many other people come out and express their sincere concern about President Trump's behavior. But that doesn't translate, doesn't trickle down into supporters. We heard these callers earlier, give him a break. Why don't you let him do his job? You know, he really cares about America. He's putting America first. He's not putting America first, people. He's putting Trump first. It's Trump first America, probably a distant third or fourth, right? Because you got Trump, you got all the Trump family, you got the Trump business, then America, then America. And by the way, those working class people who put him in office, he's not even talking about you that he wants to see. But he, all of his policies are basically just giveaways to the rich, the richest 1% of us. He's not, he's not reaching out. He's not reaching out to you. He's lying about the jobs he's created. Even the carrier deal, which was such a big thing, it didn't save a thousand jobs. There are 300 jobs that were saved. 700 jobs went to Mexico anyway. And, you know, I thought that this president would go around the country doing things like that. And I thought that would be a good thing. I think that would have been very uplifting. Him talking to companies and, and working out deals to get them to stay here. I thought that would have been a good thing. No, that's not the road he wants to go down. He wants to sit in the, in the White House with five television screens on, waiting for somebody to talk about him so he could tweet about it and he could get all mad about it and bent out of shape. And that's not giving us anything. That is not doing what we need to get done. All right. Let's hope it changes. But who knows? But now it's time for me to remind you to seek the truth, America. Question everyone Question everything Even me Seek the truth I know it's out there And I know you'll find it If you seek it And I'll be back here again Next week To tell you the truth As I see it I'm Chris Hahn Thanks for listening America 
wish our weekdays away, spend our weekends in bed. We drink ourselves stupid and work ourselves dead and all just because that's what mum and dad said we should do. We should run through the forests, we should swim in the streams, we should laugh, we should... The Chris Hahn Show podcast is recorded live at 103.9 FM in New York at Long Island News Radio. This episode was sent to Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens, and was edited by Jeffrey Shimmer. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. I'm Brian Walters, the senior producer here, and on behalf of everybody who worked on this show, we'd like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more about Chris and to find out about his upcoming television appearances, follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hahn and at ChristopherHahn.com. To learn more about FOU, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUStudios.com. Boom! Boom.